Welcome to another episode of Dos and a Half Cinco's. As always, I am your host, David. And I'm Stuart. And I'm St- Ben. Nope, you're Ben. Yep, I'm Ben. <laughs> this week, we're covering the movie of the week, Ad Astra. As always, we'll be doing our box office rundown and some general shenanigry. Uh, gentlemen, besides Ad Astra this week, what else did you guys see? I, uh, uh, well, I have a couple things. I don't know. Ben, do you have a, a list of things, or should I just rattle mine off? Yeah, you can rattle yours off first. All right, I'm going to rattle mine off right all over your face. All right, I'm waiting. My face is ready. <laughs> um, Go ahead. I'm ready. I want it. Uh, right here. So, it, all right, <laughs> shut up. Let me do this. So, the past... Um, couple weeks i was saying i was talking a lot of shit saying i was gonna watch dark crystal and i finally did it oh. finally watched the uh yeah thank you thank you uh yes thank you thank you all right all right take a seat but yeah i watched the dark crystal the original or not the original but the uh you know the movie the original movie because there is also that netflix series it's pretty like i was pretty amazed by the visuals not just the, like because you know all the practical effects they were doing and plus you know it's jim henson so yeah, everything's going to be pretty uh, pretty on point as far as the puppets and the scenery and all that stuff. So I don't know if anyone else watched it. but I think we're, most of us were just waiting for your general review before oh, okay. I went to go ahead and dived in on it. So right. um, outside of just, you know, Jim Henson, kind of what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it was what, like... What did you think? Did you like it? Oh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, the... Uh, as far as the Jim Henson part goes, it's like the only Jim Henson movie I can recall where the puppets weren't just going around like, ah, 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 like on, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like in uh, like any, any, yeah, pretty much any other Jim Henson thing, like, you know, Kermit, <laughs> like just flailing his arms, like everything was like very lifelike, the movement, like all the puppet movement, which I'm sure they, for some of the scenes, they just like had a kid dressed up in the outfit, but. Still, even when the it wasn't that, there was a lot of a uh, lot of good work done in that movie. Is there a series that's attached to it, or is it just the movie on its own? So it was actually like a... I was because I wanted to watch the series. So, but at first I wanted to watch the movie, um, and then I realized after I uh, watched the movie, Netflix decided to autoplay the series, and so I just started kind of started watching it, and then I started and I realized it was a prequel to the movie which I wasn't sure if I was ready to watch yet, like a prequel. So uh, so I, just kinda, I haven't watched the, the series, started watch. I've only seen like the first 15 minutes of the first episode. But in terms of order, wouldn't a prequel be before the series? Well, I, I guess I would, well, yeah, yeah, David, it would. Uh, <laughs> but I, was, I guess I was kind of hoping, not hoping, but I was expecting like a continuation but it, when I found it real, I, I spent like ten or fifteen minutes going like, "Wait, which which part does this happen after?" Like, because uh, it wasn't making any sense. And then I realized it was pretty cool. So, mm. if anything, I should have watched the series first, David. David, are you dead? I'm here. Oh. <laughs> but that was uh. That was that for for me. I'm also rewatching Breaking Bad to get ready for El Camino. Oh, that's. Are you watching the entire thing or yep. just the last nope, season? Watching the whole thing. God. Holy. 
I'm in. That is what a trooper. I I'm in season. Well, it's not. It's not like it's hard to do. Uh, I think it is. I mean, each one's an yeah, hour. Yeah, it's an hour apiece. Yeah, but when you don't have anything, when you don't have a life and you don't do anything, then it's pretty easy. Uh, I'm in like I think I'm in the middle of season three right now. Wait, so. wait, wait. So are you actually like watching, watching it, or are you kind of yeah. having it on in the background and you know just doing other stuff at the same time? I would say, unlike my normal having stuff on in the background, where it's like zero to five percent paying attention to it, this is more like eighty percent paying attention to it. All right. Um, I've I've been watching it while I've been uh, trying to edit the episode I'm working on. So. Oh wow. Dang. But yeah, hmm. that's dedication. Uh, that is that is some dedication. So we are expecting a lot of yeah. I'm gonna uh, have good a, tidbits oh, yeah. from uh, from I'm gonna, Stu. I'm gonna be like Ben Alcamino. the whole time, just like oh yeah, this is this is why he did that. And oh, remember this episode, season two, episode four. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't need you to watch the entire series all over again to just tell us that it was rated R. Well, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, David. I think you do. <laughs> you just well, don't get it. <laughs> if you knew from the very beginning, season one was actually PG thirteen because a lot of them was including scenes that were just blacked out, or they would move to another another scene during any time that there was any violence that would have categorized it as rated R. But after that, realizing that that disconnected a lot of the story elements, seasons two through. You know, to the very end, we're all rated R just for completion sake. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben. (laughs) Thanks for that. You're welcome, Ben. Um, but one thing I was I was curious. I don't remember when I watched it on TV because there are some parts of the show where they say like like fuck. So like, did they air that on TV on AMC? Them saying fuck. Uh, I don't don't remember them bleeping out. I know that there were some things that they cut out. Are you talking about the first episode or just in general? Just in general. There's like, um, I don't know if you remember, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Breaking Bad. Um, there's uh, the one scene where Walt is talking to his old colleague, the lady in a restaurant. Yeah. And she, and she was like, you know, saying how she feels so sorry for him. And he just like leans in and just says, fuck you. Um, like, I feel... I feel like if they didn't bleep, if they bleeped that on TV, that that would have totally like taken away from very that noticeable. Scene. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, they did allow the um, them to say fuck at least once in the final season. I know that. Uh, uh, so I'm not sure how TV rules work. I'm not sure if you can only say like fuck once during a, a season or something. But mm. I know that they did allow <laughs> it in the third, the last episode of the final season because I remember. There's a lot of uh, discussion about when they used it because it was so badass in the final moment. Oh, okay. I'll have to keep a note <laughs> of that when I rewatch the last episode. Yeah, but I mean, I do, I do know, like in the first episode, that they did cut out some parts and they had like an a more extended episode of the first episode mm-hmm. because it was the pilot. Right. But it was just some mundane things like. What was it? It was mm. it was Walt's birthday, so Skylar gave him like a hand job in bed, and he's just like, "What were you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about it. So yeah, yeah. Everybody gets one. Yep. One. Everyone gets one tug tug job. <laughs> uh, um. Anything else? Anything else too? That's as far as watching stuff. My media. A lot of been a pretty busy week for me in terms of media consumption. Like. 
uh, that past couple weekends have actually, and this is not really movie related, but I wanted to talk about it anyways. Uh, I was, I've been playing the, uh, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Warfare beta. Ooh, how was that? I gotta say, I, I haven't played Call of Duty since probably Black Ops 2, but, and so this one is very, very good in, uh, in my opinion, just because I feel like the last Call of Duty has kind of become a meme ever since probably like Black Ops or Black Ops 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, like, I don't know. It was very satisfying to play. It was very fun. The multiplayer is very fun. Um, and one of the things for me with that really kind of like, and this is just me because I like stupid shit like this, but like little details in the ga- in the in the gameplay don't don't even really affect like what you're doing but like little details i like that like tickle me in the right way like when you load into a game you like you'll start off in a helicopter and you like rope in or you'll be in the back of a truck and you hop out like while everyone's still loading into the game so it adds like a little layer of like a real like little deepness yeah like yeah yeah it's like little details and um and again this is a couple other things that i really like that that's just like Every time I see it, I just go like, I just like get a little excited. Was the uh, when you spawn, uh, he does the he'll, your your player character will do a like a call it a, a press check where they will check the gun to make sure that's ready to fire. Um, so it's like that that kind of amount of detail they put into the into the game, uh, I really appreciate. I also appreciate that if you're reloading your gun and, and you still have ammo in it. You'll do a what they call a tactical reload, where instead of just ditching the magazine on the ground, he'll grab onto it and save it for later. Oh. So I don't know, it's just stupid, it's just like little things like that, little details that I, I was very tickled by. So I will probably I will be getting that game. Ooh, nice. On PS4, I'm assuming. PS4. I did try playing it on PC, but the I don't know. I guess the controls are there's too many other controls other than just aiming that are too awkward on a keyboard mouse. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, and also, like, Spec Ops is a, uh, a mode that's only available on PlayStation for, I think, a pretty long time, I One guess, year. for exclusivity. Yeah, so that's pretty significant if that, mm. you know, if that kind of brings back some memories to be able to play some of that, the co-op missions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, so. yeah, so if anyone has been not playing Call of Duty and uh, looking for looking to get back in i would say modern warfare is the one to get back in on now what do you think about the recent leaks that came out i could read about it today but um i guess some people uh were digging through the files and found some references to was it supply drops is that what it's called the their system of a loot crate oh the ones that they had when they did all the black ops and uh activision pretty much was like their way of being able to get microtransactions into the game yeah so apparently uh one of the items found within these uh supply crates are weapons mm-hmm. yeah so what yeah so i mean like more powerful weapons yeah. that you wouldn't have access to otherwise yes what do you think, Boo. What do you think about that, that- that i mean in general that's whack i didn't know that was a thing that they were going to be doing i hope they decide to not do it yeah but um yeah that'll be a major bummer because uh, the the beta i've played so far has been a lot of fun so yeah i mean and i heard similar things that kind of plague a game where uh the game itself is really fun to play but 
you know, things like uh, these microtransactions where people can get ahead by paying like hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, just mm -hmm. to get access to these powerful weapons like in uh, Battlefront 2. That I, mm. I remember that was like a really big thing. People actually liked the gameplay a lot, but of course everything was behind this paywall. So a lot of people mm. abandoned the game, but it's still going strong now. Uh, right. Hopefully it doesn't plague Modern Warfare, like you said, because, well, it seems to be really good gameplay-wise, right? Yep, yep. Um, but even if they have that, if as long as, if they can make, if they made it so that, like, my two favorite guns to use, which would be the... Uh, the m4 and the mp5 if they made those like if they block those off by a paywall which would seem weird because those are like crowd favorites mm -hmm. um if they block those off then yeah that'd be probably a no for me then would it be weird or do you think it'd be very profitable well, for activision I don't, to I don't, hide well, those particular ones well if they're listening to our podcast yeah. if you want Stu's extra money on top of the 60 dollars <laughs> you're gonna pay make those ones five dollars a piece yeah. and i guarantee you he'll buy them yeah then i'm gonna be in the or game make it as part of the uh make it part of like the hardened edition yeah not not james harden the right, right, uh, right. the the wow. the hardened edition wow. yeah. um where like oh you get extra dlc where it's like oh you get the mp4 unlocked mm -hmm. and the mp uh, you know the mp4 mp5 and the uh m4 unlocked for an extra twenty dollars steel will be all over that you'll instead of getting 60 bucks you'll get 80 bucks yeah then I'll be on the chat going, so how much did you guys pay for your M4 MP5 package? And then we'll be like, what? We didn't pay anything. It came with the game. And like, what? No, it comes in everybody's game. It's just not unlocked until you pay for it. No, only BucketBot had to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, well, if you guys are looking for someone to play with on PlayStation... Uh, we will go ahead and we'll link uh, Stu's. No, no, we yep, won't. Yep, we're gonna. Yep, we're gonna definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> that's how accessible we are to our listeners. Okay. Thanks, Stu. All right, and here's um, David's social security number. <laughs> while we're wait, at what? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're accessible on all platforms. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> here's my address. Um, stop by anytime, I guess. <laughs> we have a fridge full of. Uh, uh, Bang. Beer, I guess you guys can oh. help yourselves. And you have Thanks. a separate bang refrigerator, refrigerator, not a that, refrigerator that, that you guys bang on, but <laughs> it has bang in it. Bang in just on to a be trash clear. Can. <laughs> Sorry, strumming on the street. I can't. Okay. Hey, uh, so thanks, dude, for that. Um, Ben, what about you? Besides Ad Astra, what else did you see this week? Uh, I did watch a few things, uh, but first, uh, some news. So, did you hear, guys hear about what's been going on with the Joker movie? I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, it's been other than that, it's coming out. No. Well, besides, yeah, besides that, I'm excited. I'm excited for it, um, and that the the universe is not necessarily the exact same one that uh, Jared Leto and for like uh, Suicide Squad. That's as far as I know. Uh, is that they're not linked. They're not necessarily linked. Yeah, no, I mean more of in the real world sense. Uh, Joker has oh. been um, gathering some unwanted attention. It, it uh -oh. It's gotten some uh, <laughs> bad press just because of, well, uh, if you guys remember the, the Aurora shootings that happened a while ago when the right. Dark Knight Rises came out. Well, the Aurora mm -hmm. Theater, uh, where the tragedy happened, it has been ban the Joker movie and now some other people are starting to vocalize and kind of get behind this this message and kind of rally behind it 
saying that they don't want, you know, they don't think that Joker should be played or anything. Because, well, it, 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 I mean, I don't see how one thing has to do with the other, but, uh, I guess it's kind of a meme at this point, but in the sense that uh, a lot of people actually do rally behind Joker and actually see him as kind of this this hero and this mm. uh well he's been definitely uh compared to quick, in the quick poll yeah. quick uh cinco's poll yeah uh david do you think joke do you view the joker as a type of hero character figure no ben do you view the joker no. as some kind of hero okay definitely. then that's uh three for three <laughs> wait did you wait did you say no or yes why not both Okay, that's still three for three. So well, if, 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 I think I think Ben's probably gonna say the word hero as in like part of the word anti-hero. Does that count? Uh, no, I mean well, like, no, uh, like actual... Punisher's an Punisher's an anti-hero. You're right, Punisher's an anti-hero. But I mean this this is a hero in the sense that you know kids and people will actually look up to the Joker and say, oh man, you know this this is how the world is like. Uh, I should mm. take action similar to what is going on in the movie, and I have read some of the uh, the plot points that happen in the movie. And let me tell you, it's uh, I mean, if there are people who genuinely believe that, then, I mean, this is kind of scary. <laughs> I hope that this is not true, but well, that just makes me want to see it even more. I know. <laughs> so, um, but that yeah. is that is a little. I mean. I guess for specifically for that theater, it'd be a little sensitive to it. Yeah, I, I can um, understand that theater, but I mean every other. But theater, anyone else, like, no. Yeah, I, mean, I can see how some people are getting a little clammy when it comes to this topic, but I mean. I mean, here's what you do: you don't go see it, and you don't let your kid go see it. There, boom, problem solved. Or yeah, just. Or you wait till it comes out on DVD if you're, or Blu-ray if you're concerned or, about your yeah, physical Yeah, get safety. the uh, yeah. Or parents, if you're, you notice that your kid is dressing in purple, green, and yellow, <laughs> starting to wear white makeup, saying he's trying to we trying to kill the Batman, and <laughs> carrying around knives, then maybe, just maybe, <laughs> don't let them see Joker, or play Lego Batman has a really hot clown uh, or circ you know circus clown girlfriend looking thing what do you what does she dress like harley queen harley quinn well, i mean i, I mean uh, she dresses up like daddy's little girl no that's uh what? i don't know if i would that characterize it like that Dead. well that's what she says right i mean it's on her bat and stuff. no i'm talking about actual harley quinn not not suicide squad harley quinn oh sorry uh, oh like a jester like a yeah there you harley. go Harlequin, Harley Quinn. Oh, I get it now. No, oh, but yeah, but I just thought that was an bad. interesting piece of information. Other than that, I have been watching. Um, have you guys heard of a show called Disenchantment? Yes. Yeah. So the second season just came out, and I've been continuing with that. Um, I think I'm about halfway through the season right now. Um, for those who don't know, Disenchantment is an animated fantasy show. From creators uh, Matt Groening and David Cohen, or I think that's who brought so, you so the Simpsons. Yeah, the Simpsons. Natu mm -hmm. so naturally, Ben would be and, drawn to it, yep. and also uh, Futurama. Yes, that's correct. Um, 
so it definitely has that uh, Simpsons Futurama vibe. But I gotta say, um, even with all the big names attached to it, uh, it's definitely the weaker of the three, I would say. Mm. Uh, I mean, for me, Simpsons is definitely up there. Well, seasons one through eight, definitely number one. Futurama, the first three seasons, coming in a close second. But this one is pretty lagging far behind. Um, I mean... I don't want to spoil anything, but the voice acting, the the pacing of the the series, and even the jokes, it, it can definitely kind of drag more more often than not. And I, I think it's definitely something that it suffers from because maybe they're not recording in the same booth, so they just kind of record on their own. They don't really get play mm. off of each other. Uh, the music and the action sequences, like I said, are kind of weird and weirdly paced. Uh, yeah, um, uh, I guess the show would only really be for like diehard fans. Even I'm finding it kind of hard to drudge through it, you know. So. Oh, that's a uh, that says a lot coming from you. Yeah. So. Well, I'm sure you've given it plenty of runway, and if it's kind of waning a little bit, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, but I'm already this far in. Uh, kind of like this is kind of like your orange is the new black yeah this is this really is <laughs> except it's yeah. at least it's a little better i'll give you that <laughs> uh, i'll give you that but as, aside... as someone who is a survivor of oranges <laughs> uh, but aside from that i did watch a new movie now um uh, this is kind of uh, leading into a different topic but i watched this anime movie in theaters. Oh, big surprise. I, well, I should have been prepared for that. Spirited away. It wasn't spirited away. It was called Promare. And it, it was brand new. And I was surprised. When I went to the theater, it was really packed. Like, really packed. I I actually had to change seats because um, there was some error with our, with our, seat, with our seating. Mm. And, uh, well... How was the smell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Actually, it was kind of weird. Um, it was definitely more girls than guys, I think, in my theater. Uh, is that the reason why everybody wears those masks? What masks? Oh, the, like the surgery masks? Yeah. No, that's for them being, well, from what I'm told, that is supposed to be them being polite when they are sick, not because they're afraid of getting everyone else sick. Or maybe they're sick. Or they're, you know. Yeah, like sick with a Q or... <laughs> all right but um for those who don't know um about promare ben oh i thought oh, i thought you were gonna tell us i'm asking for people who don't know because i are obviously okay, here know, it goes doing promare, it for their benefit here we go promare uh high school uh transfer student uh, comes to a new school and all the guys uh, are really into her because she has giant boobs. <laughs> wait, wait, Stu, which that's which different... did you go to? I was in. I was sitting right next to you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you were the you were the guy I had the seat conflict with. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's right. uh, but yeah, the, the theater is really packed. Um, oh, sorry. Right, the plot. Uh, so, if I'm remembering correctly, in on Earth. A long time ago, there was a incident where a whole bunch of people just started combusting in the flames, and then suddenly they could just control fire and burn everything to a crisp. 
uh, many years later, nice. people figure out a way to combat it, and everyone condemns them. And now there's like elite firefighting squads that have to deal with these kind of people that can control fire. And it follows the adventure of a particular group of firefighters that has to deal with this terrorist burning group. Now... Is it, oh, I've seen this. This is the one with Dennis Leary in it, right? Yeah, the, yeah. And there's some sort of draft Rescue going me. on. Yes. There's a draft all the way in the back. Okay. Yeah, that one. I think they... <laughs> um, I think they called it aft draft. Wait, is that? Is that I will call it that, firefighters yeah. going into a building and fighting it. The fire Back that draft. the fire that wouldn't slow down. <laughs> <laughs> is that the plot to Fire Speed Two? Yes. Cruise control. The fire that could not slow down. Backfire too. Cruise control. Backdraft too. Yeah. This um, almost sounded so, like to me the plot for um, Attack on Titan, where the Titans are these fire things, and the attackers—I don't know what they were called in the show because I stopped watching it—are um, the firefighters. Yeah, no, I mean like, okay. Warning: I'm going to be talking about spoiler for this movie for anyone who cares. About I it. could, but I don't. Okay, but anyways, it just got so zany to the point where uh, they find out that the fire that is burning in these people are actually an alien life form from parallel universe and then they summon a giant robot to go fight it and then the, the bad guy tries to open an <laughs> interdimensional gate to another point in space and they have to stop him and then in order to stop him they make their robot even bigger as like bigger than the earth so that they can ignite the universe or something <laughs> And that there's the anime part. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it I mean, got really bizarre. But anyways, the point I wanted to get to on this was, although I was most of the time just wondering what the fuck is going on, it was, I mean, some parts were kind of hype. Uh, I gotta say, the crowd made it really worth watching. There was a point in the movie, like, for those who were, you know, following along, if you take a look at the poster, you'll see the two main characters. Like, this guy staring down at this other person. When I first saw the poster, I thought the other person, the little scrawny per dude, was a girl. But no, it's a guy. And it What's this movie called? I need to spell it. Promare, as in P-R-O-M-A-R-E. I typed it in like five times and it... I don't... It keeps popping up for me. I got maternity belt. Uh, nope. Amazon wants to sell me a paternity, maternity, a paternity belt, a maternity, <laughs> maternity belt, belt by Primari. Keep all your male parts in <laughs> yeah. during your paternity leave. <laughs> oh wait, did I spell? Oh, okay, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> I spelled it with an I instead of an E. Sue me. I'm on it. Primari. Primari. No, an I at the end. Yeah, Primari. A. Primari. Stop. Uh, I just see a poster where they're doing like a face-to-face -face yeah. forehead press. No, click the one on the right of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're doing a forehead press, right? And there's a person with like green hair, right? Or something. The light the yellow on one? the left? Oh, that's a dude? Yeah, that's a dude. That doesn't surprise me with these anime stuff. This anime <laughs> so, stuff. That was, they're all dudes. That was really surprising to me. But anyways, point is, at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, um... Okay, throughout the movie, those two were, like, at odds with each other and constantly fighting. 
And then green-haired dude takes a fatal blow and is dying. And what does blue-haired dude go and do? He runs over to him and gives him CPR. And it's not just regular CPR, like, oh my god, you're dying, chest compressions, and then, like, you know, frantically do it. No, it's so slow and so intimate, (laughs) and it was just like, oh my god, you know? So this is, like, them sneaking in, like, a, like, a gay, a gay makeout scene. Yeah, and all the girls in the theater just went crazy. <laughs> and I guess that's a, uh, I, I, I mean, I guess that's a uh, confirms a question I've always thought. Where like, do girls find it hot when like dudes are kissing each other? <laughs> well, I guess that's how we reach out to the female crowd. All right, David. All right, Stuart, get to it. <laughs> all right, let's all right, let's make some smooching sounds. This is the ASMR portion. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, the crowd really made it, you know, a very good experience. It was just like something. You know, so out there. if those people in the crowd want to watch something like that, they don't need to go watch a, a full feature-length movie for that. I mean, the the floor did get really <laughs> moist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess what I wanted to ask was, what was like the best or worst movie viewing experience that you've had? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to correlate with a good or a bad movie for each you know respectively but i mean has there been a movie where the crowd really made it enjoyable or you know oh oh yeah for sure endgame oh was one of the best yeah yeah. like literally when all of us well i don't know if there's anybody listening who hasn't seen endgame if you haven't really shame on you um if they haven't seen it by now they're probably never gonna see it so yeah probably but like literally like right at the very end when all, all that they, uh, Doctor Strange brings everybody back. Um, they start coming through portals and stuff like that. Literally everybody was just cla- I was just like, it was like this one moment where everybody was on the same page. Everybody was excited and celebrating at the exact same time. That was definitely something I hadn't seen in a movie in a, like mm. in a long time. So that made my movie experience. Really awesome, and then also seeing everybody run to go to the bathroom right <laughs> after the movies, right after the credits started rolling, and then run right back. Like you right. could tell, you could tell who was who had been sitting there for you know over the three hours to see you know the entirety of Endgame to be able to catch uh, you know the the stingers and and the after credit stuff. Yeah. So that wasn't that wasn't just a movie experience. That was a. Uh, uh, almost uh, like a, I don't know how, how else to describe Just it. Just an experience. Uh, <laughs> yep. We, no. you, you connected, and uh, in that moment, yeah, you were all human experience. You were all human one experience. person. That's right. We were one. You were one, one thought mind, hive mind. Well, hive mind. That's yeah, usually hive. Got, that's usually got some kind of negative connotation to it. So, oh, it's okay. We've been brainwashed by Disney, Marvel, okay. and all that stuff. Hive mind sounds about right. All right. Uh, I mean, as far I mean, I remember when we saw Endgame in uh, wherever we were. I remember there were parts of it that like everyone got hype at, but like from what you're saying, Ben, it sounded like was it just like constantly like people like going crazy or? Uh, I mean, just during certain parts, you know. Like, oh, okay. there, it was definitely a very fan servicey movie. Right. I mean, yeah, definitely just like the Endgame for sure, and um, Infinity War too. Of course, yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, my mind gravitated immediately towards negative uh, oh. experiences. <laughs> of course. 
Um, okay, I can already guess what Stu's going to say. Stu doesn't like it when anybody sits next to him. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't going to say that. I was recalling when I was... Uh, when I think I went to go see episode two in theaters, uh-huh. uh, Star Wars episode two, I Whoa. not only had my seat stolen, what? but um, like I, I had my seat. I think I left my drink or my popcorn on the seat to like save it. And I went to go get a drink. I don't know why I didn't just get them together. I was, I was an idiot, but <laughs> and I came back. My seat was gone. or Like the whole theater was like full and my seat was like gone. And therefore, so was my popcorn. Popcorn. Wow. Someone's just sitting there the, eating it. <laughs> no, I'm not done yet. Um, so I, it, you know, this is in the what early 2000s or mid 2000s. So yeah, before seat res is so, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I had to go in one of the front rows, and then, and then I guess it's kind of you know, st- with the trend, uh, I <laughs> spilled my soda all over myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> And Dude, this was just, like this wasn't just like a little spill. This was like the whole goddamn cup, <laughs> and it onto my shorts. And so I'm just sitting there the entire movie with just like freezing cold shorts and like. And yeah, that was my, that was my experience. I did not know uh, this was already a pre-existing behavior. Yeah, this isn't anything new. You're just noticing it now. Oh so. AMC, Edwards, Regal, uh, what are, uh, and Harkins, if you're listening, yeah. make sure that there is an option for a sippy cup yeah. where they can screw on the lid. That would be extremely <laughs> helpful for be Stu. ideal, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, do, do they let you bring in, like, reusable cups and stuff like that? Like a tumbler or a sippy something? <laughs> sippy cup? Yeah, it can bring a, a blender bottle, maybe. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know that that clipping top at the the front. I don't know if that's... <laughs> just in the most like in a very suspenseful scene. Hang on, guys, I got some protein. I got yeah, a mix. <laughs> just shaking. <laughs> That'd be great. Like I really gotta, I really gotta get my uh, my protons in. <laughs> well, thank you, Ben, for that. That was uh, actually I was really curious because that showed up on the AMC app when I was looking for other movies to see this week. Yeah. And I was like, what's Promare? And I was, I'm glad that someone actually got to see it. So, uh, would you recommend it? Like, who would you recommend it to? People that like anime. Okay, alright, that's that's fair. Um, and for me, uh, this week's been pretty much filled with uh, trying to finish up Mindhunter. I am on episode 8 of season 2, uh, halfway through, so I'm almost to the very end. Uh, like you guys have been saying from the very beginning, it's pretty captivating it can be a little bit slow at the very beginning um but i was really excited to finally right at the start of the second season i kind of understood about the one guy who keeps getting flashed at the beginning of almost every episode mm-hmm. right. um that that was yeah. that was you and the cold open jokes we were making <laughs> oh yeah that was <laughs> and if you go back to the dora episode uh when i was talking about how the cold open is you at like a grocery store doing stuff that's that's what i was referring to oh my goodness <laughs> I... <laughs> hey what, what what was the part of the wait you didn't say anything about me uh you know tying something to my neck and then to a doorknob and then some well, like i me. didn't i stopped because i felt like i was kind of spoiling a little bit so yeah. I, oh no it wouldn't have spoiled it i would probably caught on like uh, later on as i was watching the episode going 
Stu, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, As you tie yourself to the doorknob. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, I was like, "What is? Why is the door shaking? Why is the door shaking? <laughs> oh my gosh!" Um, and then just kind of like piecing together some of the stuff. Um, I had a couple of other people who told me, "Yeah, I tried watching it, but um, it had a little bit of a slow run." And I was just like, "Yeah, I can kind of see it," but. There is a lot of dialogue, but it's very important. I don't think any of the lines are like throwaway lines. It's very... Um, I used to like Holden as a character a lot, and then towards the end, I'm not as big of a fan. I don't know if that's the case for you guys, but that's definitely starting to kind of become the sentiment for me. But I really like uh, like Bill's character a lot. Bill Tench. Tench. Yeah, he's, he's definitely in... very relatable. I mean, holy fuck. Yep. Yes. Everything that Holden does is just like, God damn it, you know, and then... Annoying the shit out of him all the time. Yeah, just like, fucking, I gotta deal with this shit. Yeah, he's gotta clean up his mess. Yeah, I am special agent Bill Tench, not babysitter Bill Tench. That's what I feel like. And just like how Holden just kind of like holds to his guns and just like says... It just... Because he's had like two successes, it's almost like it's gotten to his head to the point where he's like, nope. He ignores everything else, and he's just like, "Nope, it's my feeling. That's what you know, uh, you know." Director Gunn said, "Blah blah blah, all that stuff." And then just like, part of me kind of wants to just jump into the scene and just strangle him, <laughs> and then I could be, I'd be like, "Well, and you, you can seen be it. the mind I, hunter." Yeah, I crossed racial lines, bitch. I'm the mind hunter now. <laughs> Look at me, I'm the mind hunter. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I'll, I'll probably be done with it by the end of this week, but, um, excellent recommendation. That's been really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it outside of Ad Astra. So, um, that pretty much does it for, uh, some of just our general stuff that's going on. Some of the movies we've seen in addition to our movie of the week. Um, we're going to jump right into our box office rundown. There are actually some oh, I'm so disappointed big, I'm so big, disappointed. big surprises. David Chen was right oh about God. half of it. I will say I wasn't 100% right because I did not expect this to happen. So, I'm, I, I'm sick to my stomach looking at this list right now. I know, I know, but let's get through it as far as we can. Uh, number one, taking the top spot unseating Ugh. hustlers and it chapter two who had held on to the top spots the previous weeks down abbey Barf. 31 million dollars like i said before last week i thought that there was a possibility that it would outperform rambo because of the cult following it had but i did not expect this so i will not be gloating about this because there was no way I was going to put my reputation or whatever the hell else was on the line to be able to say, yeah, Down Abbey's going to take number one. I don't think anybody could have, like, I don't know anybody that would have probably I guess put I, all their money on that. But, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But this I mean, is, think, I, thinking it, back on it, like, I should have known that people like stoop these, these types of things. <laughs> I should have known better. Well, I mean, if there was a Doctor Who movie, I'm pretty sure it would probably perform just as well. And if there is a Doctor Who movie that comes out, I'm taking credit for it. I mean, I could see Doctor Who. I just didn't realize Downton Abbey was on that same level. Echelon? I don't think so. Because I think Downton Abbey might be one tier right below that. But it's because it's a, you know, BBC um, uh, uh, property? Why are, why are we so infatuated with anything that 
is British. Is British? Like, I don't know. But... We gotta watch the, the the Queen thing or like the the wedding and now this. What's next? Well, it's because it's it's kind of like our past, right? I mean, if there was no Britain, <laughs> there'd be no America. That's what I'm going with. Don't don't quote me on that. All right. You know what's um, also two... you know what's also what? in our past, David? The Slavery. Civil War. Yeah, I know. I was going to say slavery, but... (laughs) I said slavery. I mean, that's not wrong. I mean, it's it's not like we're saying that... We're not ignoring things. We're not infatuated with slavery, though. (laughs) Well, I don't know. How many movies did we have about the slave trade? Amadeus, there was 12 Years a Slave, there was Django Unchained. Amadeus? What was it? Sorry. Amadeus Unchained? No. It's Django Unchained. Amadeus was a different movie. Amadeus was, was a movie about Mozart. <laughs> what, what was it? What, what's the one I'm thinking of? I thought you were mistaking it for Django Unchained. No, 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 no. I know Django Unchained. There was a movie that started with an A that was a slave oh, movie. Oh, Arma, Armitage or Arma, Arma something. All right, you Armadeus. guys look that up and, and fix, fix. Not Amadeus. Armadeus. That's Armadeus. Ar- Armadeus? <laughs> Oh, episode title, Armadeus Unchained. Armadeus Unchained. Maybe you're thinking of Armageddon. Oh, no. Yeah, that classic slavery movie. Yeah, where they take a bunch of slaves to an asteroid. So they can <laughs> <blow it> <laughs> oh, Amistad. Sorry. Amistad, Amistad, that's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They both start with A, and that's uh, as far as I got. So, uh, speaking of other A movies, number two on our list is Ad Astra. With 19 million. Number three, Rambo Last Blood, 18 million. So that's interesting that those three movies, brand new, actually unseated uh, previous uh, champions, I guess is what we're going to call them, or previous number ones through five. Um, Number four is It Chapter Two at 17 million. Hustlers drops from number two all the way down to number five with 16.8. Lion King down Jesus. one spot only. King, Once please. again, still, I told you guys before, like, I was not surprised if it stuck around in that same five or six spot. Just, I don't know why, but it's just not going anywhere. $2.6 million. Number seven is Good Boys down from number four, five, uh, number four, uh, with 2.6. Angel has fallen, falls from number three all the way to number eight. Her, her. Um, 2.4 million. Overcomer down from seven, now down to nine, one point five million. Uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw down from six, moves all the way down to number ten. Uh, falling out of the top ten is Dora and the Lost City of Gold, The Peanut Butter Falcon, The Gold, and The Goldfinch. And uh, I guess there's an honorable mention up here. Number twenty nine on our list is the movie that Ben saw, Promare. Hey. Uh, yeah, so number twenty nine, top thirty. Top thirty. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's some a couple of names that we recognize that are still outside the top ten. Um, Angry Birds. Uh, Once upon a time in what Hollywood. What's up with your obsession with Angry Birds? Yeah, I was gonna. Well, say, I'm just uh, naming them. No, he brings this up every week. Before. It's always Angry Birds. <laughs> At the end, Angry it's like, Angry Birds hey, too. Yeah, hey guys, what do you guys want to watch next week? You know, Angry Birds is still in in theaters. You know, it's just just if you guys want to watch it, you know. Um, Spider-Man: Far From Home and Toy Story is also up there uh, in the top. That rounds up our top twenty. So no answer. Huh? Speaking. All right, that's cool. I <laughs> just sweep it under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, gentlemen, uh, top three: Down Abbey, Ad Astra, 
which was the movie of the week, and Rambo: Last Blood. I mean, I think the what one, is, uh, I think the yeah, order's a little off from what I wanted to see, but wait, I think Downton Abbey should be number three, but that's just me. Wait, so uh, what was the bet last week? Well, uh, my bet was Down Abbey would outperform Rambo: Last Blood. It had nothing to do with Ad Astra because yeah. I thought that was a. I thought we all were all in agreement that that was a foregone yeah. conclusion. So maybe Ad they canceled each other out or something. I don't know, but I think the bet. Really, you think you think the? Uh, I think the. the I think the, the bet was were... chicken sandwiches or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember. Damn it! <laughs> but you know what? I, that's the thing is, I'm saying that yes, I was right that Down Abbey outperformed Rambo, but because of the fact it beat out Ad Astra, I'm canceling what I said. <laughs> I can't. The bet's I off. can't take it. I can't take it's any a, credit if that's a push. The, the situ- that's what I'm saying. It's a push. Like, <laughs> everybody gets their money back. I mean, their chicken sandwich back. You go buy your own <laughs> damn chicken sandwich. Um, Until the next. But yeah, time. no, that's absolutely surprising, and it's not even like it's close. Yeah. It, right. I mean, it's it's a twelve million dollar difference between Down Abbey and then the next two. Yeah. So. It is. You know, very I, close to almost double. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's absolutely surprising to me, um, but I guess made me. I don't know. I'm trying to like loop in what uh, Stu is saying is that you know maybe Ad Astra and Rambo cancel each other, but I could hardly believe that the people who are gonna go see Ad Astra were like deciding if they were gonna see that or Rambo. Uh, I don't know. Do you think, think that the audience is the same? I ben? think the same. Pe- maybe the problem was that the same type of audience go the movie goer who would have been uh, likely to see either Ad Astra or Rambo got split between the two while everyone who wanted to see Downton Abbey went to see Downton Abbey. Well, I mean, if you think about the rating system for those three, I guess it makes sense in terms of general audience. If, uh, you know, that's, I know this is a Ben thing, but Downton Abbey is PG, Ad Astra is PG-13, and Rambo is rated R. Oh, so we're, we're taking this tiny sample size to uh, to let Ben be right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like confirmation bias. Yeah. <laughs> no, what, what was really surprising. Let him keep. Let, Sorry, uh, Stu. If you don't know what I'm doing here, I'm building him up to the point where he thinks that it's always that way. We're holding, we're holding, okay. uh, fording him at this point. Holding, fording. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. What was really surprising about this was that, well, I mean, if we're looking at the numbers, Rambo opened in the most theaters. Ad Astra opened in the middle amount of theaters at the top three. And Downton Abbey opened in the least amount. And what? Yeah, Downton Abbey opened in the least amount of theaters and pretty much doubled the average of Rambo and Ad Astra. Were were those theaters like Dodger Stadium or something? Like <laughs> I don't know. Like Staples Center. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, but it was very surprising. But you know, we'll see if the the can has this kind of staying power. I feel like everybody that's wanted to see this movie has already seen it and so next week i would not be surprised if this fell to number like eight or nine uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go against my last week's prediction and say that this stupid movie is gonna stay in the top uh top three three. yeah i'm gonna go with stew on this so if david loses next week's bet he will get every subscriber a chicken sandwich yep so hurry up and subscribe everyone yep holy crap (laughs) all right sure if I, i i can see you and i'll buy you a chicken sandwich cool because nothing from, is opening from year. mcdonald's <laughs> no you're gonna take them to popeyes and be like oh shoot they don't have them oh, oh, sorry oh. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, I don't have the chicken sandwich anymore. Um, Wait, is there any big movies that are coming out next nope. week? I, I think it's just going to be Rambo. Yep. As far as like what we haven't seen or what we want to see. Yep. So somebody's gotten fucked. Somebody's yep. getting fucked. I thought you were saying somebody's <laughs> getting fu. I was like, who's Ooh, getting who's getting fucked? Hey, who's getting fucked? Which one of y'all getting fucked? Which one of y'all getting fucked? David's getting us fucked because he's gonna lose. I want to open a pho restaurant called Get Fucked. <laughs> get it like a a KT like after uh, Get Fu apostrophe KT. Wow. I'd go there. <laughs> this is the quick um, quick fu quick fu up uh announce or not announcement uh, fu update. The there's a they they opened a fu king near my house, so, <laughs> so I was I, I when I went there I was kind of like giggling to myself whenever I heard just like these like you know hey, complete, welcome to a fu king completely oblivious like you know like little old ladies or whoever just walking by just talking about, oh fu king and I was just like. <laughs> just said a bad word <laughs> Got um, so all right well that pretty much does it for our box office rundown uh just kind of wrap things up so ben and Stu are both believing that down abbey will stay in the top three i think it'll probably drop into the top in the bottom three so probably seven eight nine i mean we'll give you we'll go ahead and just give you five, not five. the top three okay that's fine that, i appreciate that um so yeah so we'll see if uh if down heavy has some staying power um so that pretty much does it for our box office rundown and our general reviews uh, we'll be right back with our movie of the week at astra stay tuned hey are you in the mood for some fun well, well come on down to Fucking. <laughs> Come on down to fucking. Take advantage of our two for one fucking specials. It's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> That's our fucking guarantee. I I saw my whole family at fucking. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fucking good time. Oh yeah, what's the plan for um for breaking? I don't know. I completely forgot that it was the twelfth. Um, yeah, yeah. When I was texting Orville, but um, I don't because know. I mean, I, where's it at? Where's it at again? It's in L.A. That the Al Houston. Uh, the Alamo Draft. What is it house. called? Alamo Draft House. Yeah. That's right. So I mean, I, I was looking at the times that Orville suggested, and I mean, one of them was in the early afternoon, but I didn't know what our plan was. I mean, are we gonna like do shit up there? Or are we just going there for the movie? I don't know. Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, if we ultimately, like, it, if, like, we have to end up drafting on that day, then hopefully it can just be earlier in the day. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I would say we could go and hang out in the thing and at the place. Yeah. Where is it at? Where is that at exactly? I remember, thought I was... I actually don't draft know. Let's look it up. Um, because I've never been there before, and I actually don't know what the... Um what the atmosphere is like. I don't know how the crowd's going to be because it's a limited release, you know? I don't know if it's going to get crazy and we need to get there early. Uh, mm. But it's on 7th Street in L.A. So, where is that? Oh, look, it's not that far from Little Tokyo. Oh, how about oh that? Oh, my God. It's like... Oh how did that God. happen? Oh, my God, man. 
we could Do we need to like wear suits and is there going to be a red carpet? No, probably and, not. Like... That's probably going to be, you know, the time I originally picked out. Oh, fucking David. I know. <laughs> you know, because that showing might have had people actually go to it. But... Yeah, like Aaron Paul. No, I'm serious. People might have actually gone to that one. I know. It's... That's, that's why I'm so disappointed that we're not going to that one. Yeah. But nope. Had to make time for some... Fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, fucking idiot. Come on down to fucking idiot, where <laughs> David will ruin your plans to see celebrities <laughs> at a movie. <laughs> and of course, at a David Chen at checkout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, David will be. I like this ad. This will, this will be a good ad for when David comes back, comes back. Yeah, this is the. Dunk on David Power Hour, or the <laughs> Dunk on David Power Power Minute, Power Minute, Hot Minute, the Dunk on David Hot Minute. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh damn it! What happened? You just got you just got slam jammed. Oh god. The you. Yeah, I guess I'll hear it when I'm editing this episode. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to the Dos and a Half Cinco's podcast. We're going to be going right into our movie of the week, Ad Astra. Ben, what is Ad Astra about? In the not-too-distant future, a surge of unknown energy threatens all life in the universe. Astronaut Roy McBride ventures across the solar system to unravel the mysteries of its origin by turning his gaze to the stars. By turning his gaze at Astro. Yeah, that was, that, that's what I said. That, that, that's, that's what I said. At, at, yep. at Astro. That's what you. That's what you said. Yeah. I really thought that he was going to do another one that he did like with Hustlers. <laughs> I was. was ho- I was like, hoping. In a distant universe, Michael Jordan <laughs> is galaxy <laughs> far away. Monsters. He's faced with a challenge against the Monsters. <laughs> And is tasked with collecting a un uh, unlikely set of heroes to take down the league's greatest uh, <laughs> basketball players to save the universe. Honestly, it's I mean, add Astra game. Wow. <laughs> to this all wait, add all Astra game <laughs> to the All Star game. Wow. <laughs> to the Astra game. I mean, to the Astrodome. Before I said that, I kind of went on Google and just did a random number generator, and if it was an odd or even number, it would de- determine if I was going to give you <laughs> the real one or the fake one. So uh, keep oh, you on your toes, dude. I'm really, really glad that I didn't prepare one because that was that was choice because yeah. the one I came up with was I I thought you just god awful. <laughs> I thought you just weren't going to do Brad Pitt like that, but oh, I guess I not. Know. Well, I mean. No, Google wouldn't allow us to oh, yeah. do Brad Pitt. Google's like that. always so, listening. Um, so yeah, uh, well, since Ben gave us that nice synopsis, Stu, what are your thoughts? 
Oh boy. Oh man, I'm so not prepared for what my thoughts are on this movie. Um I I really liked it. However, I can see I might be able to see how some people might not have liked it or may not have enjoyed it as much as I did. Okay. Um I think it does a lot like cuz I'm I'm very much into I'm sure a lot of people are into into like space and space exploration and all that stuff. So this movie was very much uh up my alley. Um, I think it did a lot of uh, had had a lot of good visuals in it. Um, I think it would like you know the all the I don't want to oh, we'll get into those later for the uh, spoilers, but a lot of good visuals. Uh, I think it did a lot of a really good job conveying a lot of the uh, like some of the things that would go with like exploring like uh, deep space. So. Uh, if you like, if if you're into like space stuff, I think you would really like it. If you're not much into space stuff, I think I could see where someone would not really be into it. Okay. Uh, oh. On the other side of that coin, uh, I actually yeah agree with your with your assessment of the movie. I really liked it, but at the same time, yeah, I could see why people wouldn't like it. But uh, I would say that if you are interested in space or movies about space science fiction this might not be the movie for you uh, there, mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of points in the movie where I mean I guess the scientific background of each uh, incident in the movie might not make sense and it could definitely throw some people off uh, there's definitely not a I don't think there was too much of an emphasis on, you know, the uh, the logic of space travel. I mean, there were some, but it, w- it didn't play too heavily into the movie, I don't think. It, it was 50-50 for me, but um, I, I feel like there, uh, a person going into this movie might not like it because they were um, misled by marketing, saying that it was a Brad Pitt film about him going into space and dealing with something to do with science fiction or more geared towards a science fiction uh, story where in mm-hmm. on, in reality it's not and we'll get to that in spoilers but uh i you know just a fair warning for people going into this movie with that mindset yeah if you're expecting like something that has to do with uh more science fiction you'll be disappointed yeah, yeah I mean, what ben said yeah so uh for me i feel actually i'm in the minority i wasn't a huge fan of it um so, you, so you're that person we're talking about yes idiot. and the way you guys explain <laughs> uncultured it, swine oh man now we can really dunk on david <laughs> <laughs> um you know i i feel like i i wanted to like this movie because of the fact that Brad Pitt's in it, and I feel like his choices in movie um, that he usually picks in the last, you know, several films that he's been in have all been really, really well done. Um, I'm comparing, unfortunately, his his acting will be compared to his role that he played in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he was extremely dynamic. Um, and then in this, I feel like he's, to an extent, I feel like he's kind of overshadowed by the, the anticipation and the hope 
that this movie is I don't know it just made it feel like this movie was supposed to be bigger than it it actually was um, and maybe that's maybe like Ben like you said like it's maybe like the trailer's fault and I'm basing a lot of stuff based on what I saw in the trailer I thought we were gonna see a lot more action would probably be the word mm-hmm. yeah, um, right. but lightsabers and <laughs> space space blasters and yeah I mean but at the same time um, I see a lot of the elements that you guys enjoyed a lot of. I mean, the movie does a really, really good job in conveying this sense of what space really is, right? It's lots of space, space, and there's not, <laughs> and there's not much, yeah, just nothingness, and that you're almost out and alone. And he, that is one part that is difficult to. Uh, kind of wrap your head around a little bit, especially since you know all of us are still on Earth and not very many people get to venture out into uh, the great beyond. So, um, but besides that, I think I was to an extent a little bit misled. So that's a reason why I'm kind of knocking it. But in and of itself, if I hadn't seen anything of it, I can kind of understand like the direction and what they were trying to get to. But I feel like it maybe missed the mark just slightly. And that's why I wasn't as uh, enthusiastic of it as much as you guys were. Yeah, so, I mean, to go a little more into why I liked it so much. um, Well, first of all, like you said, Brad Pitt. Well. Brad Pitt, end of of story. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He picks his roles pretty carefully. Yeah, uh, I really liked his performance. I mean, he was stoic throughout the whole movie when he needed to be, and... Oh my gosh, when we get into spoilers, I do want to talk about like uh, some of the scenes that he has. It, it's crazy, I don't know. It's um, just uh, the little nuances that he gives about his, uh, you know, just his facial expressions was incredible. Uh, but uh, aside from that, it, it felt like a noir, you know. It was, um, most of the movie was very quiet. It was mysterious. You didn't mm-hmm. know what, what really was going on. It was very uh, introspective. It, Brad Pitt, you know, narrating, giving, like, speculation as to what's going on through his mind, through, like, the events surrounding him. It was, you know, yeah. it, it really kept me on edge. But yeah. yeah, I think, for me, that was also one of the reasons why I liked it. Part, like, because, like, how David was saying, he was expecting some, like, a, almost like a sci- more sci-fi-y or more, maybe a little more action-y, where I, I actually appreciated uh, that it wasn't that, like, it wasn't, like, just, like, constant action sequences or you know and this kind of stuff so mm-hmm. that, that was one of the what you said like a lot is very introspective yeah so um overall speaking i mean based on what i have uh i probably won't be giving it the the best of score so i'll, I'll start off with you guys uh ben score i would give it an eight out of ten Stu. I also have written down here 8 out of 10. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to give it a 5. Ooh. All right. Uh, everyone, this will be David's last episode on the <laughs> podcast because he literally just rated uh, Dora the Explorer better than Ad Astra. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, fuck. I forgot Dora. Um, can I redo my score? For Dora? No. Oh, yeah, sure. He wants to say Ad Astra 7. Didn't you already give Dora a 10 or something? (laughs) He gave Dora, I think, a 7. Yeah. I'm going to give Dora a 9. Okay. 
I that's the that's same the, score. That's the score I would have expected you to give Dora. <laughs> so, in my mind, we're we're all good. That's a it's a valid uh, adjustment. Uh, trust me, this was not easy for me to to give it. A it's five. not I, easy for us knowing you to listen. Wait, wait, to why? Say why that. is it so difficult for you to give it a five? Is it because that you wanted to like it, or is it because you're? I wanted to like that it. We were gonna say, "Wow, David, I can't believe you gave it a five, and now we're gonna dunk on." Oh it. no, I already <laughs> knew. Th- I already knew you guys were gonna say, "I can't believe you gave it a five, and I can't believe you done this." Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't. I really wanted to like it mm-hmm. i really did uh based on the things that i saw in the trailer and based on how i've i have an affinity yeah. for like you know brad pitt's movies that usually i that's always you been j- a good time you can just say brad pitt i have, have an, an affinity, affinity for brad pitt i mean it's just <laughs> let's be honest i mean who doesn't yeah, really. <laughs> so but i just think if we're looking at all of the movies that brad pitt's been in he's done way 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 better um there's I also mean, a couple stinkers just, in there. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, like the one where I think, he was like a fitness person. <laughs> but but this is the like thing we're talking, but we're we're talking about the movie, right? We're not talking about his performance. I think That's if true. we were to separate them on their own, <laughs> I think his performance and portraying the role that he was given and the, I don't know, I guess the story that's going that he would, I would give him an eight. But I think just overall as a movie, I think it was it was marketed incorrectly, I think. That's one. And then the second one is, yes, Brad did a really good job, but I feel like the stories it's just there's just it's not enough, I feel like, to be able to justify um, all the hype that was kind of behind it. That's that's pretty much where it comes down to and boils down to. Okay, fair enough. I so. guess yeah, yeah, I mean I because I, I mean, kind of I, anticipated someone possibly uh, voicing this type of opinion, so I guess it was David. Yeah, um, but I I can understand why you'd be confused why I gave Dora a higher score because Dora, it didn't take itself so serious. I think it was mostly like, because you knew, what, Astrid, you knew yeah, what you kind were getting. of yeah. It doesn't take itself seriously. It was just out to have a good time, and it's like, hey, we we're gonna throw a bunch of jokes at you, and we know that maybe one third of the audience is gonna get half of them. The other third is going to get less than a half, and then there's a another third of the audience who's going to get, who's going to probably laugh at everything, but not particularly understand why they're laughing at it. So there's that. But I feel like Ad Astra was wanting to be something that's very serious and and kind of has like the social commentary behind it that kind of like we'll talk about it in the spoilers. But I just think that it missed the mark, and that's the reason why I gave it a five out of ten. Oof. All right. Well. So uh, fair enough. Um, yeah. So I mean, we all, I mean, at, we all have a little why. I have a different opinion than you guys, so that gives us a little bit of something to talk about. So um, that pretty much runs uh, finishes up our general review uh, about Ad Astra. Um, obviously, it's it's one thing. It definitely gets us talking. It's definitely a polar movie, uh, polarizing movie. So that's definitely something that they're. Uh, I'm sure that they were okay with. Um, so, uh, we're going to move into the spoiler zone. So, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it... Uh, what's what's the uh, rent on the spoiler zone there? We're moving into it. Oh. What rent? Oh. Rent. 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 So, oh, man. Sorry, I was trying to... 
I'm I'm anticipating us fading out right now as we're going into the spoiler zone. So, <laughs> no, so you've been you've been warned. This is a spoiler zone. We're gonna be talking about things in depth. And uh, if you're looking forward to actually seeing this movie, definitely skip this portion. And uh, or not, or you can listen to it. Let's get into it. Um, Stu, it seemed like you had something that you wanted to talk about, so. Uh, I do. I have a couple, actually, but I'm going to start with this one. So uh, one of the things I really I mentioned that I really liked was the visuals. Um, A lot of the visuals starting from the in the first act when he's on Earth to the second and kind of I guess it was kind of the I don't know if it's maybe in the second act when he's first on the moon and then he's on Mars. And then on the in the final act where he's uh, orbiting Neptune. I thought it was very, they did like a very good job of like um, kind of bringing you to these different, um, you know, these different planets showing you, I mean, obviously we're on Earth, so, uh, but specifically, one of the things I really liked was when he's on Mars, how everything, for me, like, if I felt like I was being suffocated by like, just how like, dingy and dirt like yeah like yeah. the red haze was everywhere the, the the tiny little like corridors they're all walking in like that's that's how i would imagine like a mars base would be mm-hmm. um so i felt like i was i was very immersed in that scene mm-hmm. yeah uh, i mean even and, the the room that he was in to send that message it, it was very claustrophobic yeah the, uh, what was it the that material on the wall i, I don't know what that is yeah the sound damaging yeah, material oh, but it almost looked like it wasn't made out of the stuff that we'd be using here it's it was almost future like it was hard it's right? future no, material yeah, future. i think the the way it looks like is to me the way i interpreted that scene was almost like the mars like colony was almost kind of like slapped together not slapped together but almost kind of like makeshift like they were trying they were digging stuff out of the trenches mm-hmm. like like it's not like this beautiful right. like futuristic like it's like this is what it would look like if we were to bring like the most primitive tools that we right. could to be able to you know go onto mars dig a freaking trench you build a thing over it and then like you see like the people who are working there it seems like it's almost like the poverty people almost like uh like it's a third world country almost. poverty squad yeah yeah uh but yeah the <laughs> shout out to suicide yeah. squad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go right. get your tickets this week then for Suicide Squad. Right, uh, right. But, like, I mean, it's supposed to have, like, this, like, future of promise and blah, 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 but it's, like, completely bleak and it's completely opposite of yeah, that. Yeah, so, and like, that's, that's, that's the feeling I got. That's what I would expect, and that's kind of another thing that was uh, about this movie that I liked was that it was it was futuristic, but at the same time, it was it was very much based in kind of, like, reality. reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, so, that's, I would expect, a, like, the, like our that's, like, the Mars Ursa base. That was our, uh, in this movie, that's our, like, most like our furthest uh or that's like our last like station before it's just nothingness and that's Mm -hmm. how i would expect uh a base like that to look like so yeah yeah well i go ahead oh so i mean um that's what i did like about the movie the journey of it uh the further that brad pitt goes you notice since it like uh, civilization slowly starts to deteriorate away everything recognizable everything just becomes so bleak and desolate you know you start off on earth you you move on to the moon and even the moon had you know shops and everything uh oh yeah shout outs in the future we still have yoshinoya 
So. Oh, oh dang it! I was gonna say that I saw that and Shout I wrote it Keith. down. I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, by the way, there's Yoshinoya in on Mars. Oh, on the moon. So it's not all bad. Yeah, on the moon. You know, on the moon. Yeah. So as even on your space vacation on the moon, you can still enjoy the uh, traditional uh, Yoshinoya teriyaki bowl with the teriyaki chicken and the beef. And don't forget to get your not space th- blanket and pillow for only a hundred and fucking twenty five dollars. Yeah, credits or whatever. Yeah. I was like, what? That, the that heck? was another. That was another little like dig at like the reality yeah. of it, where it's just like inflation has just like gone out of control. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that is uh, going to um, be an interesting future. But uh, going back yep. to what I was saying, yeah, um, as soon as they got to Mars, like what you were saying, it's very desolate. It's very makeshift. It's you know just hacked together. It, it seems like something that they just recently put together, so it, it doesn't have a lot of the the great features that our civilized area would have, you know, like yeah. and, thirty third world place. And just that that one, there was that one scene where he when he, after he first arrived, where he's like in that hallway, and it's just has this red kind of like, uh, just like just like yeah, this red or like kind of like a orange burnt orange hue where and that was such like ooh, oh that was so that was so aesthetic to me because just like I, I feel like I'm on this like miserable lonely mars base yeah yeah like, like in that hallway right when he meets that girl yeah yeah in the hallway mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then finally and then the... there's like this separation that they she can't go any further and he's just like on his own kind of thing yeah there was a lot of that um i mean definitely when he went to uh finally gets to neptune that's when it really hits you with the uh i mean just the blue lonely planet out there oh man that was uh, that was actually I. I was one of my second. That was like that the Mars uh, sequence, the whole Mars scene, and then also when they he arrives at uh, Neptune, orbiting the uh, Lima project. That was just that was just like oh man, like I like it feels so cold. Yeah. And like I feel so alone in this scene because it's just like it's just that there is just you're there and there's Neptune just kind of staring at you. Uh, and yeah, that was that was one of the other visuals that was very uh i was very taken by i feel like this movie would have really done really well in that dolby digital kind of set like uh like imax you mean yeah but if they had just tweaked it slightly so that when as he was moving toward like further and further out like the temperature in the room started dropping (laughs) Oh, like 4D experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, because, like, I know, like, Dolby Digital, like, sometimes when you have that, like, the explosion, like, your seat, like, kind of rumbles because it's so uh, loud in there and stuff right. like that. So I was kind of, like, based on what you were telling me, maybe that would have probably improved a lot of the movie because that, that would have probably put things more in perspective. Yeah. But as you guys are kind of talking about it now, like, I wish, like, this is the part of the movie that I do like, is that it kind of gets us able to kind of talk about stuff besides, like, oh, man, I really cool, like like this part of the story. Like, the fact that we have so so many different locales that are so dynamically different from each other that, and additionally, did you guys notice that the gravity was different and slightly different in all of the situations? Yeah, that was really, like, I really liked it during that. I was... Scene. Yeah, when he was like driving on, mo- on on the moon versus when he was on Mars, and then when he was nearby um, nearby Neptune, uh, and then he was trying to like get back to his own his own craft, like you could tell like there was some element that they considered all of those things to try to be able to um, 
provide that element of realism that it's not just like, oh, this is a sci-fi movie, you know, just believe whatever you're believing. Part of me was really, really nervous. I was like, dude, there's a chance this guy might not be able to make it back based on the way that this movie is going. He might not be able to make it back home. And I'm like, dude, he's gonna miss his he's gonna miss the shuttle and then just gonna keep flying past it and that's it. Yep. He's dead. He's gone. And he's gonna be just like his dad. Um but that was the part that kind of like threw me for a loop at the very end is like I get it that his dad's been out there all by himself for so long and he's kind of like gone crazy. But if that's the payoff, that was the payoff, that's the reason why I was so disappointed at the end of the movie. What, 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 was about, that, what about it, I guess? That it wasn't like something like had gotten a hold of his dad or like something like it was the fact that we require as human beings physical like contact with other people. And having contact with, you know, being able to not just only touch somebody, but also to talk to them, have somebody to socially interact with. And that's what caused him to go crazy. And that that's the element that we, we can't ignore, right? No matter how far away, how different his dad was saying like, oh, you and me, Roy, we're different than everybody else. We should have been the ones that were exploring the ends of the world or the ends of the universe, that kind of thing. But then it was, it wasn't anything like they ate or anything like that, or like he was intercounted like some like weird substance. But we kind of got a little bit of foreshadowing when they ran into the SOS, like the, um, they went to go save that other ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ran to the monkey because, you know, human beings and primates are very similar. So those primates went crazy being out in space, not having, you know, things that they were familiar with, like gravity, for example. And it just drove them nuts. And then so that kind of like foreshadows the fact that his dad's also in the same situation. So I can kind of understand where this, the movie was kind of pointing towards and that like the one thing, the answer that we're looking for, you know, that I think like the tagline for the movie is what? The answers we seek are just outside our reach. And the answer is, you know, as a human being, we as isolated as we can be, as different as Roy can be, as different as his dad was, right? That they were like saying like, oh, you're... Your uh, your pulse has never gone over eighty, right? Ever, mm-hmm. in any mission or anything like that. That no matter how abnormal someone may be or some how special they are to be able to tackle these kind of missions, nobody is exempt from the basic human condition that we need other people. Period. Right. So um, actually, I I did actually want to talk about that. So you're saying that you're a little disappointed because the uh, the idea that um, the main point of the conflict is the movie stem from something so basic that uh, something like human contact or you know just communing with other humans right correct and it wasn't something like oh alien he did find extraterrestrial life out there you know his main objective of his mission right <clears throat> Some, something yeah. more sci-fi something more action-packed something you know something a little more gripping but I feel like that's the way that this movie was supposed to be portrayed. That I was tricked into thinking that there was like laser guns and stuff like that. <laughs> and like, well, I mean, come on. I mean, if you look at the trailer, what are you expecting, right? Yeah, you have yeah. a shot of Tommy Lee Jones and it's like, oh, we don't know what your father found in this Lima project. And I'm like, Lima's short for what? They don't even explain that, but it sounds really zany and, and sci-fi. And then all of a sudden the next picture is like space pirates. You never hear space pirates ever again. Why was that not part of a thing? Well, <laughs> I don't go past. Like, see what I'm saying is like, if it was just about like we understand like there's an eternal struggle to be able to kind of like to find out who you are, define who you are as a human being, and then he realizes that we're 
in part kind of defined by the interactions that we have and we we develop who we are based on the other people that we interact with and if you don't have that you become almost like a martian right you become an alien of your own and that the alien he found at the very end was you know himself his father found it that he was the alien at some point and that's why he couldn't bear to go home so i don't know maybe that's the if that was if this movie was built as more like a psychological thriller that's built that's in space no questions down you know hands down no question eight out of ten because i think that that's the way it should have been portrayed but so, the way it was built was so, like supposed to be so like you're faulting the movie book. for bad marketing basically i mean isn't that kind of half the premise is if like you're telling me that it's supposed to be it's kind of like the same thing we talked about in i think what episode two about uh jennifer's body or Megan Fox's body, <laughs> right? You, you go in thinking that it's going to be a, a movie about yeah. vampires. Somebody tells you it's a movie about vampires, and you're like super psyched for it, and then you're like, well, yeah. shit, this but is not anything I was expecting. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I went into John Wick 1 not knowing what the fuck I was walking into, mm-hmm. and I was extremely pleasantly surprised. So, right, but, but it kind of gives you what you're expecting, but like well, that's actually, the thing. I had no, I hadn't seen any trailers. I didn't know really what it was, what it was supposed to be about, uh, other than just a guy and is getting something revenge on it for his dog or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that that's on the flip side. But I do see where David's coming from because there have been like multiple instances of this happening in the past, and honestly, this, oh, for sure. this misleading uh, marketing does not really fare well for the movie and the experiences I've seen, uh, like. Uh, have you guys heard of a movie called The Bridge to Terabithia? I've yes, I've, I've heard of the name, but I never actually saw the movie. Okay. Likewise. Okay, well, you've probably seen, like, ads or something about it. Like, do you guys know what it's about? Like, nope. if you were um, to just give a wild guess. No, stop uh, typing. God a, damn it. Is it it's a, a, is it a okay, fantasy fine. movie? A, yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Like, it's almost like Lord of the Rings, but a bridge to Terabithia. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? You're wrong. Is it a political thriller? <laughs> no, <it's>... The <laughs> life of Jesse, an adolescent, changes when he befriends Leslie, the class outsider. The children create an imaginary world called Terabithia, which is inhabited by all manners of magical creatures. Right. Though difficulties fill their ordinary lives, Jesse and Leslie... Uh, Leslie, Rula is king and queen in Terabithia. Soon one of their friends must draw on the strength of their imaginary kingdom to cope with the tragedy. Right. What? Yeah, so it, all the marketing was pointing to this movie being, like, it, this was all hot off the heels of, I, I believe, the Chronicles of Narnia. So ah, it, it was, okay. it, all the marketing was kind of pointing towards that, you know, kids in a fantasy world where they can do wherever, right? You go into the movie and guess what happens? Oh, it's about the, these kids dealing with like abusive households and they run away into oh. the forest. And guess what? One of them fucking dies. And now <laughs> it's a really depressing story about how one kid just keeps going back into their imaginary player world so he can play with that girl. Great. Oh, with his friend. Yeah, so oh. actually, the I googled it and the first thing that came up is why is Bridge of Terabithia banned? <laughs> <laughs> Bridge to Terabithia was the dubious distinction of being one of the most frequently banned or challenged books in the U.S., supposedly because of its references to witchcraft and witchcraft and atheism and a lot of swearing. Oh, cool. Is that Was there a lot of swearing in this PG movie? Mm, I don't think so. Just abusive households. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, but I mean, isn't that kind of the premise of the Chronicles and Arnia is that they escape because they're like not happy? Well, obviously they're not getting beaten to shit. But yeah, but I mean, there was I believe there was a war going on, wasn't there, <laughs> or something at the beginning? And, and like pretty much that was only at the beginning of the story, and the rest of the story was just them in Arnia and Mister Tumnus and hmm. shit. I don't know. True, 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 yeah, true. So. But yeah, it's more about the story. It's like you're saying uh, Bridge of Parabithia is more about them escape their escape, but it happens to encircle this 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 realm or this world. Their escape is Terabithia, but Chronicles of Narnia is more about Narnia. They just happen to get there by escaping something else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, another similar thing happened with a movie called Drive. If you guys have heard of that. Oh, yeah, I know about that one. Yeah, so there were a lot of people pissed about um, watching Drive because the marketing gave it away like something like Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, yeah. yeah. And it turns out it's closer to, uh, what was that movie with Jason Statham? Uh, wait, is that Driver? Wait, what? Death Race? <laughs> no. Oh, um, oh the Transporter? Uh, the Transporter, that's No, one. it's not like Transporter at all. It was cl- I thought a lot of people liked Drive, though. Yeah. Or is I, that not? I liked, I liked it. I like Drive. No, oh. the Drive is more like... Um, actually, I would say it's more like... Um, more like Ad Astra. It's very quiet oh, okay. and mysterious. And Okay. <laughs> so this is like the flip side of the coin, where you go into it and you end up liking it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people didn't like um, Drive because they were misled into it, thinking it was going to be oh. like what David thought Ad Astra was going to be, uh, action like an action movie about the Man. subject matter. Like, well, even even if it wasn't just based on the actual trailers, let's just just kind of walk through the first you know half hour of this movie. Yeah. Right. He is on the spire. He's on the the international the planetary antenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then explosion. Right. Yeah. He blacks out and like falls to the ground pretty much. And then he wakes up. He's completely fine. Right. Action. Yeah. The second part is then he gets tasked with, oh, there's a secret mission. We need you to go out to go find your father or make contact because, you know, we don't know what's happening, what's causing these surges. Right, right, right. Also kind of like suspense, right? You're building this idea that there's something that's going to happen. Yeah. And then it's a secret mission. Nobody else can know. So they put him on a, on a commercial uh, commercial flight, you know, no frills, that bullshit shows up at. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't stop by Yoshinoya, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that's going to be in the. Uh, that's the re- actually that's the reason why I gave it a five out of ten. He didn't stop at Yoshinoya. <laughs> okay, the truth comes out. He had the same experience as Stuart. I'm Stu. Why did you give it an eight? He also didn't get Yoshinoya, just like you didn't. Uh, I'm not Keith. All right, fine. Keith, also, I, I, I oh, didn't even. That? Oh wait, hold on, wait. Keith, I didn't even Keith, cop the Keith's Yoshinoya. So. Keith, Keith is here. To, to do his... Re- what was that? I, uh, I, 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 I'm going to give it a three because he didn't stop Wait. at Yoshinoya. That was a... Uh, Why did, did he like make a mouse? Oh, he said, oh, there was anything on Yoshinoya. Disney, Disney's going to crack down on us. Let's, uh, let's uh, tone it down. Wait, I was going to make my impression. Oh. What the fuck? There wasn't any Yoshinoya. Sorry. Um... But yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, I got derailed for a second. Yeah, so he ends up on the moon, right? You know, on the way from the moon, they're supposed to go to this like base on the other side of the planet. So they start driving space pirates, away, boom, right? And so action, 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 and then it seems like the further they get away, the more kind of reckless things become. Mm-hmm. 
right? The more they go away from Earth, you, you're expecting for it to continue to escalate, right? Oh, the space pirates know that there's a VIP on board. So-and-so dies. Um, you know, they're, they're going to follow him to a certain point, but then he goes into the darkness, blah, 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 shows up. And he goes, okay, we're going to take you to Mars. And then it's another, like, serene kind of situation. You're expecting that something's going to happen, right? And then um, you get on board with them, and then you're going out to... No, 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 this is on the way to... Um, Mars, they're flying there. They're, is that flying? Sure. Okay. They're tra- they're they're not teleporting. They're uh, traveling to uh, Mars, and then they encounter the the monkeys, right? And you're expecting like there's something else that's going to happen. So a- we have a bunch of action that's building all the way up to the point where you get to Mars, right? You get to Mars. He finds out his father is there. Um, that his father eventually answers him, and then he gets on the on the shuttle. And then that there's a scuffle that ensues, and all three, of, all the other three are dead, right? And he's like, I have to finish this mission, blah blah blah, to be able to destroy whatever this thing that's causing all the surges. And then literally after that, it becomes this introspective movie about loneliness, pretty much. Well, and I'm just like, what? Well, okay. Uh, well, um, I will say this: uh, I do have something that kind of, or actually deals with your uh, qualms directly so okay. the movie in itself it, it seemed like it had this theme as he was going on and on that there's all this mystery about what's going on right like um, mm-hmm. he's trying to find these answers and you know he has to go so far out you know he, he, to find these answers he wants to go so far out to like to Neptune pretty much to solve all the problems of the world and to hopefully solve his own internal problems, you know, the problems of his father. Correct. But as we go on, he starts for the movie starts, you know, laying down its real theme at Astra to the stars, right? Humans have been, you know, going and looking outwards, trying to find answers to all their problems. You know, there has to be more mm-hmm. to what we got going on here. And finally, at the end of the movie, we learn that, you know, or I guess Roy, Brad Pitt, he comes to the realization that, you know, the answers that we're looking for isn't out there. You know, we've been so concerned about trying to find a deeper meaning behind something when the obvious answer is right in front of you the whole time. So what you're saying, you know, you're expecting all these crazy conflicts, you know, with space pirates, with some sort of extraterrestrial force, something supernatural. But, I mean... The whole movie has been laying out this path for you with all the with all this evidence building up to the obvious outcome that it was just his father that went crazy and that he himself was trying to find deeper meaning outside of his own existence by finding extraterrestrial life because he thinks that he has some sort of answer to find out there um and he didn't want the answer to be already at home or something like that yeah he he doesn't want to you know just be at home and like uh you know just deal with everyday ordinary life he wants there to be something more to it but he is disappointed with that answer so he goes out he he goes on the lima project tries to do that i mean uh, that theme has been like kind of hammered into the movie at that point um the monkey attack mm-hmm. that you're talking about how you were disappointed that it wasn't something else out there uh, that's another kind of uh, piece of evidence for that theme where it is it's 
it's the Instead astronauts of it being something. Yeah, you're you're expecting it to be something more, you know, like an alien in there or something. But you know, when you get to there, the SOS signal, you, you've been told multiple times already by the crew, like, hey, you know, this is a research vessel, and they've been dealing with you know animals. So I mean, the the obvious outcome when you go in there is an animal escape. You see the claw marks in there. You see, like something has escaped, so it's an animal. There's no, there's no alien. There's no extraterrestrial life. There's no space pirate. It's just an animal that got loose and killed the crew. Uh, also, when we go into the Lima project, um, Brad Pitt, the first thing he sees are all these dead bodies around, right? And it's not like they have died of natural causes. You know, they've been suffocated. They've been like stabbed or something, right? And Brad Pitt immediately focuses on, what was it, that black and white uh, musical that was playing in the background, right? Man, that was, that was so eerie, that I scene. I know, it was. It was great, because he, he mentioned that earlier on, right? He said that, you know, I miss watching these. Yeah, he loved musical, black, the, yeah, the musicals or whatever with his dad. Yeah, but it, it kind of speaks to the whole theme of the movie, where uh, humans are looking for something more, some deeper meaning behind everything, right? So he's trying to look past all the obvious answers that his father is a horrible human being that killed his whole crew because he went mad. But he all he sees is like uh, this message that, hey, my dad's still around. Maybe he has some sort of explanation for what happened. You know, maybe there's something else going on here. But yeah. Uh, and but so did they ever answer what the surges were being caused by? Uh, I guess it was just well, by that antimatter that he was dealing with. I guess. Yeah. If we are, if we're to believe uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, mm-hmm. uh, came up with ex- the antimatter. His, no, in his explanation that um, the last, the remaining you know, members of his crew were uh, were uh, basically trying to sabotage the equipment so they could, or I don't know, for something like that. Uh, they're, they like he said they sabotaged the equipment. He tried to stop them, and as a result, they ended up messing. They ended up like breaking something, and he's oh, wait, and that's oh, what ended causing up causing like a reverse polarity or something. Or, like I don't know. I I'm that, not going to try to pretend I know, but I thought that he said that um, they were trying to contact, or they were they couldn't deal without being with their families or loved ones, right? And they were trying to find a way to contact them. And he said that he tried to stop them, and there was a fight that ensued, and because of that. Like they messed yeah, up that's what. Yeah, something messed up the equipment, and that's what ended up sending out those uh, pulses. Yeah, and the whole time since then, he was trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were to believe um, his his um, explanation, which I don't really feel like there's any reason not to, because it didn't seem like he was being disingenuous about anything else. Yeah, I mean, he didn't um, lie about killing everyone. I mean, no, he told. Didn't he tell him he? Uh, well, he never. He didn't say he didn't kill them either. Yeah. So I mean, he, he cut off all communications, and when Brad Pitt arrived, he's like, "Yeah, I killed him. Mm. I had to do what I had huh. to do." Yeah. What well, I, I thought it was more because, like, I thought it was because of the fight. But anyways, <laughs> uh, that the answer to the question is because it, uh, during the uh, struggle, they damaged the equipment, and that's what was causing the pulses. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I appreciate the. Uh the explanations and i definitely see it from your point of view like obviously it's like i 
wanted to like the movie, and I'm sure probably when it comes back, I mean, when it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray or you know, let's HBO be real, streaming, streaming, yeah, streaming. <laughs> I'll probably end up watching it again, and I'm sure my 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 review of the my view of the movie will probably change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, honestly speaking, at the end of the day, I don't know why he was expecting answers to be out in space when his wife, Liv Tyler, was still at home. So. I, I wouldn't have left that. And that's yeah. the moral of the story. Uh, same so, universe, Armageddon, same universe confirmed. Yep. Uh-huh. And Lord of the Rings also confirmed. The real answer is where the humans we met along the way. <laughs> along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, it sounds like we all um, enjoyed this movie to an extent. Uh, and it was definitely... Some, some of us more than others. <laughs> obviously, some of us more, way more than our others. There was, just wasn't enough Yoshinoya screen time. Oh, there was. For some, for some, some people. There was this uh, um, funny... Uh, well, I was going through Reddit looking at reactions to the movie, and there was a funny one I found. It said... What, what did it say? Uh, I liked it, but I feel like I would have liked it more if I hated my dad. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, well, on that well, note, um, pretty, pretty much we're going to wrap this one up. Um, at Astra, uh, go see it. Don't watch the trailer, and uh, let us know how you uh, you felt about it. Wait, hang on. Can we edit this part in uh, okay. before you closed it? Uh, I was curious, um, like, so or, or was it be- Tommy Lee Jones' character, the reason why he, he decided to bounce uh, when he uh, he was trying, they were trying to escape. It was just because like, he could, because he didn't find the answers he was wanted. He decided, well, there's nothing for me then, and just wanted to disappear. Uh, maybe he was so crazy because he kept thinking that maybe if he kept going further, he might be able to find it. So he figured. I don't think was he was crazy. I don't think he went crazy. I think he was just yeah. Uh, obsessed. Yeah, I think that um, he kind of embodied the point in which Brad Pitt was in his journey, where. Uh, after Tommy Lee Jones killed himself, Brad Pitt was floating in space, thinking, "You know, what's the point? What's what's yeah? You know, what's the point of living anymore? There's no point." But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones was in that same state. He pretty much cut off all humanity, cut out all the life that he led, just so he could try to find some deeper meaning to it out in space. And when he found out that there is nothing out there, he just couldn't take it anymore, and he killed himself. Which, you know, falling into um, a planet like Neptune, not the worst way to go, I would say. Wait, did he fall into Neptune, or did he, did he just go into well, deep space? Well, I would imagine but gra- Neptune's gravity uh, would have yeah. pulled him in eventually. But <laughs> Man, imagine going all the way to fucking Neptune. Like, what, what was that, like a four or five months journey or something? Something like that? It's like years journey. No, no I don't think it was what, years. What their technology? Four or five months. They, they said it was like yeah. Long. From Mars to Neptune, they, the ship said it was like seventy days or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine going all that distance to have your dad say to you, "You never mattered to me, or I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> but my the the next I think, planet I think, is uh, my son, not you. <laughs> I think Brad Pitt like kind of knew that, and it seemed like he was probably okay with it to a, a degree. Uh, it, it seemed like no, that's that's what I liked about the movie. It, it was like this whole idea that they sent him out because they knew, oh, you know, you're emotionless. You know, you know that we can put you under pressure and you can do anything. And it pretty much he showed time and time again, like no matter what the pressure was, like he was in life or death situations. He was fighting space pirates. He had to land a ship where the captain was unresponsive. Mm-hmm. 
and he didn't know really what he was doing. Like he was so calm under pressure, but when it came mm-hmm. to something like how did his father, yeah, his father, you know, he he tried to fake it, like all the times before, he tried to fake that he wasn't scared under those death-defying circumstances, and you know, it, it did bother him more than he let on, you know. Like, his acting, holy shit, like, when he was finally cracking under all that, like, I don't know how he did it, but his eye, like, um, his brow, his his temple was twitching like crazy, like, when he was trying to just be calm and say that, like, uh, I don't even remember. He was trying to do his, his valuation in... Like, when he was trying to do his evaluation, or when he was in the recording booth when they got the response? I think it was the recording booth, when oh, okay. when he was uh, under the, or when he got the suspicion that they got a response. You know, mm-hmm. his eye, his brow was going, twitching like crazy, but you could see, like, he was trying to keep his composure, and it was like, oh my god, right. how? And then finally when he meets Tommy Lee Jones, of course, and he says, you know, you never mattered to me at all, and you see that single tear roll down his eyes, and he's just so stoic at the moment, he's like, I know. You know, he, he's just trying to brush it off, like, yeah, I don't care. Right. But, you know, deep down inside, you know, that he does care to some extent, so. Like, more, definitely more to an extent that he uh, he and the audience would have been led to believe. Yeah. So definitely a powerhouse performance by Brad Pitt, once again. Also, like, what was in that box in the Lima Project? Uh, what was it? Oh, all the data. No, no, no. The, the oh. there was a box. There were like a crate looking thing. They they zoomed in on it a little bit on a couple shots, uh, and it was like, that, what is that? Is that the antimatter or what's going? What's in that box? I don't know. Uh, was it the thing they? Oh, the box that he put the uh, nuclear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, probably some just random cargo thing because the antimatter chamber. But it was seemed like, like right they behind it. Right, but it seemed like they were focused on it, focused in on in the shots. I was so curious. I was like, okay, what's this box? What's this crate? You would, have, but, you would have thought that nuke would have had some type of like I don't know digital display, uh, and it just no. says three hours, and I was like, what? No, that's what I liked about the movie. It's what like what what you Stu said about all the technology. It's very realistic. It's not too far out there. They didn't go crazy right. with all the design. It's not a hologram. Hologram. Oh, okay. So projection. this is realistic. <laughs> this is realistic that. Uh, you could travel from Mars to Neptune in 70 days. I, yes, David. I, I and then it's the same technology that gets you from Russia to Samoa. Oh, really? Uh, totally, <laughs> totally different, David. First of all, you have to slingshot around other other planetary bodies in order to increase your speed in order to reach the outer solar system. So don't even try to say that it's the same thing as as a uh, as the rock. Getting to Samoa in, well, in less it's because than in six hours because the airplane slingshots around the the rock. Nope. <laughs> yep. Unless we're unless we're agreeing that's what happened, Ben. <laughs> do you want to say that we we slingshot around a smaller uh, a smaller body uh, to get to launch through its gravity? Well, I don't know hole? if you if in terms of star power between Kevin Hart and the Rock, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty large star. The gravitational pull. Yeah. That's true. Kevin Kevin Hart does uh, orbit uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, so. And then that is orbited by the plane that they took. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. I think well, we that confirms it. everything. Yep. Case. That's it. All right. Well, that sounds like a pretty good place for us to uh, go ahead and wrap up this episode of. Uh, Dos and a half Cinco's, especially with uh, Ad Astra. There's a lot of stuff that we unpack for sure. Um, guys, what do you guys want to see for next week? Downton Abbey. Wait, really? 
Said no one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking either Rambo or because Lion King's been out for, I don't know. No, uh, Ram- Lion King will be there to the end of the year. So I'm okay. going to say Rambo. All right. I'm in for Rambo. Okay, Rambo. But damn. See, David, you're doing that thing with Lion King like you did with fucking Angry Birds. It's like, <laughs> Angry Birds. hey, guys, we can see Rambo. Or, you know, you know Lion King is out. You know, it's, it's still in theaters, you know. You, you guys want to see I know Well, Angry Birds, to, is still in, right Angry Birds 2 is still in theaters. Angry Birds 2 is still in theaters. Yes, thank you, David, yeah, for the uh, Angry Birds 2 update. <laughs> this has been your Dose and Half Synchro's Angry Birds update. Angry Birds 2 still in theaters. Top 15. Pulling in seven hundred twenty-three thousand dollars last week. And then week. next week it'll be it's in the top thirty-five, and the week <laughs> after that top seven hundred and forty-two. <laughs> I think it stops at ninety ninety-six. <laughs> uh, we'll have to go to like the IMDb list then. <laughs> uh, the all-time for the cra- all-time. The crazy list. thing is, uh, this list actually goes all the way down to as long as it earned. I think this one says one hundred and thirteen dollars. Wow! Whatever. As rap- long as it earned that much. Wow. <laughs> Rapid could- response number ninety six on the list earned a whopping one hundred and thirteen dollars. I mean, we could make a movie <laughs> it's and, in, it's and in at one least theater. like get one hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> uh, well, if you think each movie tickets what twelve dollars a piece at yeah. this point, and we know like ten people, right? <laughs> Do we know ten people that want to watch our early? Uh, interesting movie yeah we come out with all right so uh next week it will be rambo last blood um once again this is the dose and a half cinco's podcast we'll be reviewing rambo last blood next week um that pretty much does it for for me and uh the guys here at the dose and a half cinco's studios yeah sure Sure. yeah our our very expensive fancy studio studio. (laughs) in each one of our uh locations so um we'll uh see you guys next week don't forget to tip your reiki masters and uh that'll pretty much do it for us bye and i'm david and i'm Stuart, and i'm I'm ben i'm Stuart. (laughs) thanks thanks for cutting us out of the outro yeah and i'm david or and i'm a big and i'm also david i suck (laughs) oh my god (laughs) all right Except for Chinese accent, offensive Chinese accents. Yeah. Welcome to. Thank you so much for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Dos and a Half Cinco's. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And I'm Ben. Tune in next week. We'll be covering Rambo Last Blood. Uh, we'll see you guys then. Don't forget to tip your Reiki masters, and uh, we'll see you then. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. This would be the perfect time to play Spanish Flea. Just saying. One of these days. Want to throw something in the Spanish flea money. Yep. When we, when we have the rights to that song, that's when we know we made it. <laughs>